For decades, the Vietnam War has been a Hollywood obsession. Apocalypse Now, Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, First Blood. These were blockbuster films, embraced by audiences and critics alike. And for decades, they've helped us understand a painful war and understand each other. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Brian Raftery, and this is Do We Get to Win This Time? How Hollywood Made the Vietnam War. Listen on the Big Picture feed. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. All right, at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my he will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of it. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Who gonna check me, boo? Welcome to Marley Corrupt, a show here on the Ringer Reality Feed. I'm Jody. I'm Jody Walker. There she is, <laughs> Jody Walker, everyone. <laughs> and she is and Rachel I'm Lindsay. Rachel Lindsay. And that is a sign that we are recording early this morning. Let's get right into it. We have no time to waste. Not a lot of news of the week, but we've got Roni, of course, which a lot to talk about there. And we're back talking about OC this week after they took a week off, which I realized as I was watching it, I was like, this seems like I haven't watched this show forever. Oh, the power of what one week off will do. I was like, wait, I'm confused. Where am I with these women? Who are they? Who's on this season? What's happening? What's the drama? But we're back and we're going to talk all about it and we'll do that with Zach Peter later. Let's get into this news of the week. So Ariana said, you know what? I don't care that it's season 11 and some of you guys have tried to put season 10 behind you and all the drama that was there. I'm still going and I'm coming out with new things to tell my side of the story and address what's happening and what's the best way to do that or what happened, I should say. And the best way to do that is to monetize it because she knows that you guys gave her 200 plus thousand dollars for merch about for something about her the store that the store the restaurant that still hasn't opened yet which was supposed to open months ago giving us the whole sandy and schwartz treatment 
Um, and she said, I'm going to give you a new book. I know I did my last book with that man, my last cocktail book with that man, Tom Sandoval, but this time it's all about me and it is called Single AF Cocktails. Jody, what was the first book called that she did cocktail book with Tom? Oh, it was fancy. It was fancy AF cocktails with, with, with Tom. And I'm sure these are still going to be fancy. And I will say at first, when I saw her book was coming out, you know, I was like, great, like kind of responded to it like everything else she's done, you know, like, oh, cool. Like another sort of way to engage with this and monetize it. And we've been very supportive of Ariana Businesswoman during this time. But then in the description, I I liked the description and I was like, yeah, this is her art. Like cocktails are her art. It's what she's always loved. She says she's always been a bartender. She said, now is the time that I'm fully telling my side of the story. Bartending will always be my thing. And in my new book, Single AF Cocktails, it's my breakup album. The story of our relationship and the betrayal that ended it all told through drinks. Could I have imagined the phrase told through drinks ever in my life? No, I could not. But no, Jody. I love it. I don't. <laughs> Rachel. Now I it's too, it's too much of a reach. You're right. The way you put it together, it was beautifully said beautifully said. Sorry, that's not me heavily breathing on the microphone. That is our, once again, Brownie. Have sympathy on him, guys. So moved by my words, Brownie. Yes, I am moved by your words. Have sympathy on Brownie, who's here. He's two weeks post-surgery and had a good report. Um, Okay, I love the way that you phrased it. I love the way that you think, Jodie Walker. It It was so beautifully said. However, it's a reach. Not buying it. However, not buying it. I have... I have supported what Ariana has done. I have loved the way that she has turned, made lemonade out of lemons. I love the way that she's capitalized on her hurt and acknowledged that she's feeling a certain way, but also been able to monetize it in the best way and get something from it while she works on herself. I love that. I love the way that people have rallied around her. We have been two of those people. This is too much. I think that you've been so strategic and smart in everything that you've done. You're right. This is her art, but this, and, and you're right. It's, it's her album. Like she's, like she says, but to say that the drinks are going to tell the story of the breakup, not that it minimizes it, but it just makes it sound so cheap and it's like, so what am I going to do? Like re- drink like the heartbreak and then you're going to tell the story. We know the story. We know Rachel? the story. Okay, so tell me this. If she'd just come out with the book and not given it that that kind of intense description and it was just like follow-up book without Tom, would you have liked it more? Yes, right? Like I gave y'all fancy fancy AF with that man. Now I'm single AF. I'm living my best life. And these are the drinks that you need to sip on so you can live your best single life too. These are the drinks that'll help you mingle while you're single. Ariana is above it. The description has me lost. I just, am I going to get the book? No. I like it. I bought something about her merch? Yes. See, I'm not interested in something about her merch. It's like at this strange sandwich shop. I don't know. Although hearing you say like that she's gone from fancy AF cocktails to single AF cocktails, there's something about going from fancy 
which is like an obvious descriptor to single. And I say this as a single person, it like makes it sound like the cocktails are going to be like boxed wine with a straw or something like, like very it's sad. Cheap. It's cheap. Gonna- like she totally could have had like the sloppy toppy, right? And it's like, you drink this drink, you go, you know, like I just, there could, there could have been, and she better not steal that name unless that's already a drink. <laughs> she might, Rachel, uh, Rachel, she might still have all these things. It might happen. You might love it. I'll never know. You'll never know. Ariana went behind with the book. We're going to move forward with Roni. Oh, I'm ready. I love Roni. I just love it. <laughs> Don't you love? It's it's just so good. Even though this was this was almost technically, even though it was the anniversary party, it kind of could have been a little bit of a filler episode, but it still was giving. It was giving. I I, I say filler because I thought the party was anticlimactic. I just thought, I thought it was going to be more than what it was. It really wasn't. It could have been Bryn's party as much as it was Aaron's. I just, it, it, it didn't hit the way that I wanted it to hit. I mean, yeah, there was no real drama at the party, but what this episode was giving for me, especially in the beginning was New York City. Like it did kind of finally feel like they were really In New York, we've spent a lot of time in their, like, houses and apartments. And in the beginning, seeing Bryn, like, stomping through Soho. They're all going to stores. They're all meeting up. Like, it just felt very city. And then it also felt very luxury. Like, there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of good dressing. There was borrowing of diamonds. I mean, I guess it wasn't buying of diamonds, but still, I'll take it. Um, But then, you know very well balanced as Roni does with like the tackiness of having like a bunch of strange sponsors for your anniversary party. I loved it. Yeah. She tried to explain that saying that she was just trying to help the vendors get it. But I'm like, but did you get it for free? Because. Oh my gosh. I, the, someone was, breaking a glass and then Bryn just hollering out of nowhere. It's okay. It's sponsored. Really killed me. It was fantastic. Top. Top-notch performance by Bren, even though some of it was a little much, which she has taken back as well. I don't know if you've seen that, but she's kind of like realized the air in her ways watching it back. We'll get into it. Um, I love a slight flex. I think Uba taking Aaron to none other than Jacob the Jeweler, who we have heard about in numerous rap songs. He is an icon in the music industry because of all the ice he has dished out. And Uba just being like, yeah, we met in Morocco or Monaco or something like that. We met and we've been friends for years and he's going to give you millions of, like a million dollars worth of diamonds for your anniversary just because I know him and he's my friend and he can. I loved it. I love it. It was right up there with Jessel inviting all these amazing people that we did and didn't see at her to her apartment for her friend's launch party of the the handbags like i this just it was and it made uba feel big mm-hmm. and aaron feel look a little small i well i know you have a real a real personal distaste for aaron and i, I got more She's got more. She's building it. She's got a portfolio, three ring binder, building up reasons to dislike Aaron. And I and call I, me Monique from Potomac, <laughs> coming with receipts <laughs> and opinions. No, I and I get the dislike for 
Aaron, but there is something about her that is just like so quintessential housewives. And she is a part of this machine. Like the way that she is makes it function. The way that she can't let anything go. The way that she has this like whole family who are just strange and popping out of the woodwork at this party. Like there's just something about her that I think I think totally fits in. And part of that is the dislike. And I, but I will just stand up for her a bit to say that I thought that in this moment with Uba, she was like humbled, you know, like she wasn't trying to flex something else. She was like, this is so cool that Uba has done for me. Like, how wonderful is it to have a friend like Uba? She wasn't like, Ramona walking in there and being like, well, I could get this by myself, but I, so it's, it's like, it's nice that Uba did this for me, but I could do it, but I could do it, but this is cool. She was just really excited to get some diamonds. Y'all, that's the, very true. The placid look on Rachel's face as she takes this information from me, she will not be moved. No, no, no. You are telling the truth. You're right. She was humbled, but she also wanted those diamonds. Yeah. Like Uba, I think if she had tried to pull like a Ramona, Uba would have said, you know what? Never mind. (laughs) She would have yanked him out right back out her ears. Erin knew her place and she wants to go back to Jacob the jeweler. She wants more diamonds. Mm -hmm. So she Mm -hmm. played her role perfectly. You're right. She was very appreciative. And I think she liked the fact that I don't know her relationship with Uba, so I'm totally speculating here, but she probably was like, oh, like, look at my friend Uba who, you know, hangs out with the likes of the Jacob the Jeweler. I'm I'm just hating on Aaron, guys. Like, that wasn't founded or rooted in anything. I'm totally a hater. And I'm going to move on to that. I'm going to build on that. When she and Abe were at dinner... (laughs) And what I'm going to do is hate a little more. (laughs) A little more. When she and Abe were at dinner and... You know, which I like Abe. He seems like a really nice guy. And they seem Mm -hmm. like they have a really solid relationship. And I like Aaron more when I see her with Abe. Yeah. Um, He brings out, to me, a better side of her from what I see. And so well, the editors makes... must agree because he got a couple confessionals this episode. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're doing house husband testimonials. You want Aaron to look better? Bring us a honest Abe. Bring us a. <laughs> but what I didn't like in this moment was he gives her a new ring, 10 years. That that makes sense, right? You know, mm-hmm. if you got it, a new ring for your 10-year anniversary. What I didn't like, and this is one of my beefs with Aaron, you're rich. Own it. Stop trying to act like you're not relatable. You're only relatable to your rich friends. And that's okay. We said this multiple times. You're a housewife. We want you to be rich and fabulous. We want to be jealous of you. So we want to feel that. Aaron's saying, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at him like, what? I can't believe you did this without me knowing. Can we afford this? How did you afford this? Shut up. We have seen your multi-million dollar houses. And we know you grew up with wealth. We know your mom sold out the Lincoln building, Lincoln Center. Like, stop. That's the kind of stuff where I'm like, two steps forward, five steps back. I was loving you in this moment until you showed me who you are. This is Aaron. This is Aaron. You know how you afforded this ring. It probably is Rachel, a family I'm heirloom. laughing so hard because you're so enraged that your voice is reaching a pitch that your AirPods are self-editing out. So I can like, I can like barely hear what you're saying. It's just like, it's just rage at Erin and her insistence upon being relatable 
while just throwing an insane anniversary party and getting an insane ring and like being insanely wealthy. And we're also supposed to be like, that's it. She's our way in. I understand her. I'm sick of it. I was like, oh, you should have seen me as I was watching it. I just threw my hands up in the air. I was like, of course. We like we all know how you afforded it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> you, you afforded it with your millions out. of dollars. Yeah, you pick you pick the ring out, Aaron. Stop. Like, you know, I just, it's just all, it's just too much. You're not buying it. You no, know? you're not buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Um, what else happens in this episode? Anything else before we move on to the party? I'm I'm trying to remember what else happens in this episode or what stood out other than the party, which I was, I, it was beautiful, beautifully presented. It was fabulous. The, that venue was incredible. She said it was an old bank. You know, it was decked out. The people were there. The, the setup was beautiful. I didn't even realize they didn't have food until Sai said it, which is wild to me. She had hors d'oeuvres, but it seemed like these people were there for a very long time. I mean, it appeared that it was all past apps, like past food. Like you can't even go access it if you need it. And that was a really big party with like, I mean, the space was big. There were a lot of people there. I, I I hope I hope the editors are doing her dirty with this and that there was like actually more no, food. No, I don't there. think there was I don't think that there was food. I mean, I feel like they would it would have said it would have shown Sai saying, I can't believe there's no food. And then in the back, they would have shown like a table spread of of food. I don't know, Rachel. I think that the editors and the producers possibly feel similarly about Erin as you. I like, I don't, I don't think she's getting, I don't think she's getting a bad edit, but they're not going to help her out showing a display. Okay. Actually, I have a bunch of stuff to talk about because the editors were on one and I want to get back to that. But you did say that anything else happened before the party. And I just want to briefly touch on like, two iconic scenes from this episode. You know, you said it like it could be kind of filler and it was a little fillery, but I really liked getting to see the women like at work and at home. So one of those things was Jenna just like randomly being an interior designer for Emily. That's not H- random. No, I mean like the, it's just like a transit, you know, like she was just like, yeah. So after, after I left a crew, well then I just, you know, flawlessly got into interior design. And now I, like, it's just cool to see her at work, you know? Like, she's so effortless and she's so talented. She's really talented. And you just, you don't always get that feeling on these shows. And to, like, just, I mean, we're not actually getting to see what she really does, but she was, in this particular episode, designing for... Emily Hampshire from Schitt's Creek. Um, and it was like, oh, look, a famous person. Actually, two famous people, because Jenna Lyons is also famous. It was just very credible. I I have said on this podcast, I'm a Jenna Lyons fan, and I watched her whole show on HBO Max about her switching from J. Crew to interior design. Uh-huh. So, like, I 
I need the back wondering. Well, no, I was wondering when we were going to see that because I was like, oh, well, she had this whole show. Did she stop? Because she's so talented and you saw her doing stuff in her own personal life, but then for other people. And then she was trying to like the show was like a competition show at the same time. And it was really cool. And that's when I was just like, okay, I'd heard of her. But now I really love this woman. I loved watching her on that show. I found it funny because I was like, is Emily Hampshire doing a bit? I felt like I was like she's really and I I think she's she's she really is like that. I've 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 interviewed her before. Um but I thought they're really giving her a moment to just like try to get out her comedy chops here. I don't know. I was like it was I don't know. It just stood out to me. I was like, they're really trying to give her a comedy moment. Yeah, well, she was like, listen, if I'm coming on your show, you're going to give me a minute to do my thing. Let's get Emily and Bryn into a room because like I all this in my notes this week, I was like, Bryn loves a bit like she just loves a bit and she loves to take it too far. Too Um, far. And I also (laughs) thought it was interesting that Jenna said they'd been introduced to date and they ended up being just friends. And I was kind of like, well, could you still try to date? Because it seems kind of fun. Um, And then the other scene was (laughs) Jessel and her husband once again arguing about private school. They are just like, they're like, they are not they are like a comedy duo. They're not like a husband and wife that you trust, but they are a comedy duo that you trust. I trust them to deliver me a few morsels of comedy every episode because they just cannot agree on anything. And like her being like, oh no, are you a part of any boards? What is that fried chicken association you're part of? And he's like, um, it's the Street Vendor Association of New York City. <laughs> I, you can tell they were friends first. That's yeah. that's what I get. You know, they were friends for years before they, you know, had a romantic connection. Still TBD on that. <laughs> um, no, I'm just joking. But they, but they definitely, you can tell that they have a friendship and they know how to like, just get under each other's skin and poke at each other. And I, I do appreciate that. Like, I like to see couples that have that element to them. I would say um, it makes me very nervous. Actually, seeing couples who gripe at each other a lot makes me very nervous. And but but they also crack me up. This didn't feel as gripey. Yeah, this didn't feel as gripey. You know, it wasn't like when she's like, "Take that carrot out of your champagne, Pavit. What are you doing?" Like that. It wasn't. It seemed in jest. Their main bit is Pavit bringing her a drink. And then her, like, complaining about it for a while and then them just chilling out in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I, like you. I enjoy seeing the two of them. Do you think that they have to pay $62,000 a year for each child for preschool? No. You think that was a combined total up at the top of that Jessel doc? I, pr- I think it was. Because that actually, $30,000... I don't agree with it. I'm like, I'm not saying it's okay. I could not afford this, but that makes more sense. I don't know. Tom Cruise and his kids there, or his kid there, she said. But because it's preschool, it makes more sense. If you were telling me like Tom's kids, high school kids went there, I'd be like, oh, 60 each. I'm so wild. That's of more these than people's league. That's more I'm than like, New yeah, York. And they're paying a million dollars. That's more than college. It's more than college. So it's I I I think it I think it was combined, well, which still is wild for preschool. That's wild. Thoughts wild. and prayers I, for Pavit. He is not doing okay. 
Yeah. And, and Pavit is all of us. Like I would be questioning that as well. Um, all right. So the women get together, they come to, they come to Aaron's anniversary party and immediately my thought, Aaron looked beautiful, but that dress, I know that dress, that dress was a beautiful dress. And I know that dress probably cost so much money because she had to compliment it with those the million dollar worth of jewelry she had on. But the way that tape was pulling and hanging on for dear life, I would just be so upset that it wasn't that her boobs were showing, it was that the tape was, it didn't fit. Mm, the top yeah. didn't fit. That tape was pulling so hard. It was too small to cover anything else up. And it just devalued. I felt like the dress, I actually felt bad for her. Shocking, right? Because it's like the, you hire a stylist, I'm sure you have this beautiful dress and it just, it made it look cheap. Watching I don't know that if she did hire dress. a stylist. Cause like, that's the thing is like all this effort went into this party and then the thing that she wore, which was really pretty, the back was really pretty. It had this like piping along the low back. It just, it didn't fit right. And yeah, that tape was just making this indention. I couldn't understand the fit. Oh man. And the moment where Aaron meets her dad's quote unquote friend and the the fr- so it's like his his age appropriate girlfriend it's like right when they get to the party she meets her dad's i guess new girlfriend and like to be oh, fair oh i thought her parents were together oops no. i missed that okay. i know i know i i don't think that that has been clearly stated but like this was clearly some new girlfriend and aaron was kind of acting like he's always dating a new person cuz she was like I'll say about this, like, at least she's age appropriate or whatever. And she was like, she was like a lovely, I mean, I'm sure she's still younger than him, but like, maybe not by so much. And Erin shook her hand was how she greeted her. It was very formal. And this woman, like, she didn't do it in a hateful way, but she couldn't help it. Her eyes just died it, darted right to that side boob. It was like side eye for the side boob. She just couldn't help but look at it. I got it. That, <laughs> that party seemed kind of awful. Well, and I'm going to say something again towards that's positive towards Aaron or in Aaron's favor. It was a Bravo party. So they can't play music and dance until they film. So like they had to be there for hours filming before they could say, well, let's get to the dance floor. Like, even the speeches were a part of that, too. I mean, maybe they could have done that quicker, but they have to film. Like, when I went to the Kyle All-White party and we got there late, I was like, stop playing this regular music. I want to dance. And by the time the dancing came, I was ready to go because they can't, the music isn't licensed. And we can't just watch them dance in silence with voiceovers. You know, we can't, we can't do that. So I understood why the party was so long because they had to get enough for filming. But that adds to the drama of there being no food and people waiting and them getting hangry, which Sai was getting hangrier by the minute. 
So I get so hangry. They this is like I, you know, I feel like this show has really just gone off like it has just clicked into place so fast, but this is a sign of these being first-time housewives cuz they were not cut out. They were not ready for it being like 2 hours of nothing so that they could get time and then the party. Like they were just like I'm bored. I'm so bored. This party is boring. I'm bored. This is the worst. Size so angry. And then and also, they they were bored, but they were just enjoying each other. Not not housewives appropriate. Like when Aaron's sister inexplicably comes oh my over God. to tell them to be quiet, but she doesn't come over with any power, and she doesn't come over with any levity. She it's just kind of like someone who's like sort of scared to get onto the popular girls, but they're gonna do it anyways because their friends sort of like push them over there. She comes over and she's like, "This is kind of rude how you're talking." Like, it's just, they weren't, they were not, they were like, well, the party's boring. They were just not prepared for what was happening. (laughs) I thought she was rude. I thought she did kind of come over a little forceful. I was like, okay, girl, do you want your 15 seconds? Yes. Why are you over here? Why, like, I'm, I'm Bren. Well, did you tell everybody else to be quiet? Everybody was talking. Yeah. I, it's, watching speeches at a party like that, like, one speech two speeches, but watching speeches over and over and the the people had all the paper and they were reading from their phones. It's like, it's the equivalent of watching people open gifts at a baby shower to me. Save it for later. Except that like, I feel like opening gifts at a baby shower, it's kind of like socially acceptable to talk a little bit during that. It's so hard. Like during a speech, you just have to listen. And it, it was in that like big echoey room. And then I could not believe that Aaron, and I guess Abe, I didn't notice as much with Abe, read her vows off the phone. That was tough for me. As a, I don't know, scribble them down in a book, even a printed paper, because it wasn't just like she was giving a speech. She was giving what were supposed to be her vows to her husband. And this is what I was talking about with the editors when she gets yeah, start, I was gonna she say gets started too. on that phone and they zoom in and she is getting Instagram notifications while she's trying to like express her love. And that's why you <laughs> Which, don't use a phone. And which, why are you getting Instagram notifications? I feel like you have enough followers where, like, that would be too much. That's true. But, um, That's a good point. Like, why are they turned on? But I also think the editors did her dirty because, let's just be honest, her speech was terrible. Oh, really rough. I like, know she was nervous about it, but I would like to think that they just did her dirty. It was, I mean, she shushed the, whole the crowd thing. We heard at it one beginning point in to it. end. She shushed the crowd. It was awkward. It was, I. it was... So bad. It was, it was 10 years, and that's what you got, girl. That's it. You gotta know. She's, she's when robotic you're... to me. Yeah. There's like, she doesn't seem to be like, I hesitate on using the word soft because I don't want to say that, but there's she's very rigid. She's just, and maybe that's her. And he that's just, like, like that's like kind it's of giving what like I like about her. And I'm saying this because I watched a debate last night. Like, okay. Rachel. There was he looked uncomfortable in his own skin. I can say that about her. She voted to stop the deal. That's true. She it's looks true. Unco- he looks uncomfortable in his own skin. Like when he smiles, we don't believe his smile. That's how the Aaron is her best when she's being mean. That's that's Aaron at her best. Here's what I like about Aaron. And professional. I know her. Like she comes across so clearly as a type of person. The way that she's so rigid, like even when she was getting the ring, when they went to dinner and he said he'd hold on to his jacket, 
she was like, why? Why? Why would you hold on to your jacket? And it's like, girl, because you're getting a gift. Like, this is immediately obvious. And her just sort of inability to, like, like not be rigid and not, like, kind of demand tightly answers. And, yeah, she's so tightly wound. And I just, I, I just kind of love it. <laughs> it. Listen, it's great TV. It's great TV. But those, woo! Now, real quick, did you think it was rude that Cy left? Um, I thought it was rude to leave without saying goodbye. Like she could have literally Aaron was going to change. She said, you guys don't move. I'm going to go change. She could have waited 10 more minutes, I think. And it really did seem like she was walking out the door when, but I, I don't think it's that rude. It's certainly not saying, um, if you get a divorce, call me at the 10th anniversary party. Yes, we can even Bryn. talking about that. I love her flirting, but like, I just think, you know, there are ways to flirt without like, or or like silly flirt with, a, a, you know, a taken man without mentioning the word divorce. Yeah, no, I mean, it was not the right time and she was trying too hard. And that's what happens when you try too hard to be funny. You're not funny. She was bored. She was trying to make it a moment. And I, that's my, that's, that will probably forever be my only complaint about Bren. I like when you're naturally funny. Don't try so hard to be funny. And in this moment, she was trying to entertain herself. I relate and she lost to this her way. about she Bren, lost her way. though, unfortunately. Like, like she cl- very clearly is naturally funny. Like, she often says very funny things. And then she even commented, I think, at the party, like, she gets ahead of herself sometimes. Like, she lets herself overwhelm herself and she kind of, like, gets into a spiral that she can't get out of. She loves a bit. Yeah, she lost her way. She lost her way. She loves a bit. She loves to bitch. She loves to bitch and she loves a bit. I did not think it was... I... If Sai had left early, if Sai had immediately walked in and said, there's no food, I'm leaving, it would have been rude. I didn't think it was rude. She stayed a really long time. She was there. She like she stayed through the speeches. Like that was a time to leave. So I didn't think it was Ruth that she left. I really didn't. And I think that she left at that time because she kept saying, "What time does Nobu close?" And to my point about the food, if you're going to have a party during dinner time, you've got to feed people. People expect if I come to a party and it starts at seven and it doesn't and it goes until or it starts at a certain time, I'm expecting to be fed. You planned it during dinner time. I'm That's not dinner eating dinner time. at six o'clock. Or I'm leaving your party early to eat. Sai obviously left because Nobu was closing in probably in 15 minutes and she had to place that order. And for Nobu, I understood that. It was not rude for Nobu. It wasn't. Was it a little she rude to, to say my husband couldn't come and, and actually he's really happy about it? Sure. She and Aaron are relatable in that sense. They are. Like, Sai's husband has called her out for that. He's He's been like, you know, you, you kind of can, like, have trouble showing emotion. And she's like, yeah, because of how I grew up. And for her to say to my husband, he didn't care that he couldn't come. He was so, like, he would much rather be at home than come to your 10-year anniversary party. Awkward. Can someone he please make me a gift like, of Aaron's face when she said that? Like, it was... <laughs> I would have been like, Rude? She was horrified. <laughs> I'm sure that's not how she meant it, but like, like maybe he has social anxiety. But it is interesting because in the next previews or in the mid-season trailer, we see... This mid-season trailer, which we got, we see them on a double date. So obviously, it's all good. Anything stand out to you in the mid-season trailer other than the fact that it's clearly going to be a good... No, it's going to be a good season. My over, my overall thing, just to 
you know, get back to my regularly scheduled program, it's evident that Aaron's a mean girl. The whole mid-season trailer, she's mean. Yeah, Jessel made a good point this week that that Aaron has somehow seemed to have a problem with everyone. So maybe they're not the problem. Maybe Aaron is. Um, but the other thing I noticed was it was a lot of sigh. Like, Uba's mad at Sai. Aaron's in it with Sai. Bren gets in it with Sai. Like, there's a lot of Sai drama coming up, and I'm curious about how she'll handle it. Yeah. Also, Sai just announced a podcast. T- to be expected. She's hosting a podcast? Yeah, content creator. She and her best friend. She and her best friend announced a podcast. Shouldn't be shocking. I'm sure there'll be a few other announcements along the way as well. You got the platform. Go for it. She also celebrated the fact that she has half a million followers now. I've always hated that when influencer like take a picture with a balloon that's like 500,000. And it's like, stop. (laughs) Like, stop. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, start. I'll find any excuse for one of those one of those shiny number balloons. I love them. <laughs> well, I will get them for you when you reach yours. Hey, thank when you, you Rachel. get there, Jody Walker. When I, I will get... make an exception. <laughs> when I get ten Instagram followers, can you give me that one? Oh. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com. Slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right. Well, that was Roni. Does not disappoint. Thank you, Jody. We're going to move on to OC now. 
and get into the Shannon Fest. I love the name of this episode. It's my party and I'll cry and I want to. Zach, how much did you love this episode? I love an episode that is Shannon-centered. I just do. She is all the things that I want to see in a housewife and so entertaining. And this episode to me did not disappoint. It started and ended with Shannon. It was, it did not disappoint at all. Um, Shannon is just so chaotic. Like, I love just seeing all of this kind of fall apart with Shannon because she is, you know, she has been for a while stirring the pot with other people's relationships or asking about their relationships while also making it seem like she and John are so perfect. And now it's like the cracks are showing. The cracks are showing. And the timing on this couldn't have been better. The fact that the the, the whole argument went down with the doppelganger party event and there was so much drama and it was like Shannon versus everyone else. And then bam, now Shannon's got to throw her fiesta party, which obviously the tension is still there. And it's like, well, who's going to come? Who's not? And this party clearly draws a line in the sand. Um, I am a little, I wasn't shocked that Emily didn't come because she and Shannon really seemed to have it out. I wasn't shocked that um, what's her name? Gina didn't come because I don't think she and Shannon have ever really liked each other. And I, but I was shocked that Heather and Shannon couldn't get it together because even though it came out that Heather was the one that was allegedly bringing up their relationship to other people, it seemed like Shannon didn't fully believe that, but now she does. But it's not true. I don't believe that Heather Uh was just going around like (laughs) spreading gossip and rumors about Shannon's relationship. I think they were all talking about it. I think it came up in conversation. I mean, when Shannon's getting drunk and calling up everybody and telling them all her business, and then eventually you're going to talk about it because you can't talk about it on the show, but you're still having conversations with everybody, then it's like, you know, I just, I, I think that, you know, Heather is taking a lot more heat than she deserves to be taking for all of this. So I felt like I was hoping that they would have some sort of like mending. I I actually expected Gina and Emily to still show up because they do this all the time. They fight and then they still go to the party and it's awkward. And then they talk about how awkward it is and how they're, you know, just trying to fake the relationship or whatever. So I was expecting them to go. And and Emily's like dramatic FaceTime where she's like hanging up on her. I thought it was just like, it was so over the top. You know, you're right. Emily probably had plans. She probably had something else to do and just use that as an excuse because it did seem... Yeah, I'm sure we the, get whole the whole episode, she's like wearing sneakers and like gym clothes. Like throughout the entire episode, she just looks like she was just doing other things and like had to be called into a scene last minute. And it's, it's, it was weird just to jump ahead that they had this like intense phone call where right after it, they're breaking the fourth wall and they're talking to the producers and they're yelling at each other and she's calling her Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And 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 then they end the episode sitting down talking. But Shannon despises Heather. And it's like, you and Heather had more of a calm conversation, but you can't get on the same page with Heather, but you're willing. Maybe she just has higher expectations for Heather than she does for Emily. It was That was weird to me that, I, that it ended with Shannon and Emily, but Heather and Shannon just seem like there's they're not going to even repair their friendship now. 
Which, I, I mean, I get that she has a longer history with Heather and maybe she feels a little more hurt by Heather because I feel like their relationship, you know, it's also come such a long way. But also, wasn't it just last season that, like, they were they went into the season fighting that it's like, I don't know how our, our friendship, de- like, redeveloped so quickly. But, like, I just don't think Shannon really cares about her relationships with Emily and Gina. That's why it's not that big of a deal to her. I think their friendship means more to Emily than it does to Shannon. And that's why Emily was very much, you know, like crying, like, I care about you. And Shannon's like, okay. Like, Shannon can't be bothered by Emily or Gina. No. She, like, really can't. She can't. She can't. She has low expectations for them. Um, Did we ever understand why Shannon's throwing a fiesta party? A tequila launch? Was it? Who's tequila? I thought it was her tequila. Okay, it was something to was do with the tequila. There was a, the a tequila promotion. <laughs> I was kind of lost on it too. And then I was like, I think this is like a launch for her tequila or a tasting for her tequila or something. Because then there was the tequila and then they tasted all the different types of tequila. I know it was what, National Taco Day. So they were like having a taco party. But like, it was a little unclear. But I think it was because everybody had, there was so much drama with everybody and who's coming and who's not coming. But like, what a sad party at the end of the day when all you had was Taylor and Jen, who you don't even really know. I mean, at least Tamara was there. Yeah, Tamara was definitely going to make sure that she was there. She had to be, yeah, she was definitely gonna make sure she was there. And that, and, and to your point, she barely knows Jen and Taylor. When Jen makes the comment about, her, the women that didn't show up and and their friendship with Shannon, it's like, Jen, you don't even, you just got here. Like, I literally could be like, you don't even go here at this point. Like, why? We did not need that moment in what Jen felt was a very profound statement and Shannon's so desperate for supporters that she just received it. It was, it was, I, I, I laughed. I laughed in that moment. I also need a point on, point to Shannon's obsession with the Latino culture. Have you, like, over the years, there's an obsession. She's the one, I think, that came up with Tres Amigas. She t- she says words in Spanish, like, sporadically. She's obsessed with the culture. I've, I've And this party solidified that for me. I've noticed that, and I wish I could put together a montage of her obsession. I used to notice it when she would like speak off and on in Spanish, but she doesn't really speak Spanish. And I'm like, why does she keep doing that? And then the Trace Amigas. I know it's Vicky's obsession with Andale, but there's something with Shannon where she just seems to be so fixated on things related to that culture. I don't know. Something that I've noticed. I think it's an orange... I think it's like an Orange County thing because I feel like a lot of like Orange County women love to go to Mexico. They love to go to Cabo. They love to go to Puerto Vallarta. Like they like to travel and, you know, go to Mexico often. It's like their, you know, their little vacation destination because it's so close that I just feel like it's an Orange County thing. I guess I never really gave it much thought. You know much why? Because I'm like, and here I'm going to take a sharp left turn. I just... It's giving me Bama Rush, okay? And I and, and and partly it's because I just podcast for higher learning, so I'm also in like another mindset. When people are so fixated on another person's culture, but then when it actually comes up 
to representing those people or standing up for those rights. You're nowhere to be found. And I agree with you. There probably is an OC obsession with Mexican culture because it's right there and they go to Cabo. But when it actually comes to stand up for brown people, you know where to be found because you know how I feel about Shannon and the Black Lives Matter thing. So I just, to me, it seems like appropriation or exploitation of a culture that you you relate to in a Taco Tuesday and I'm going to wear a sombrero in a fun way and say Spanish words here and there. But then you actually, when it comes to being down for the culture, you're not. I mean, yeah, I can see that. Sorry. And I'm I'm, I'm done. No, yeah, yeah, no, (laughs) I get it. I'm Hispanic. Um, I don't think I take it that deeply. Um, I think, you know, we've very commonly, you know, um, embrace the Hispanic culture, especially the Mexican culture. There are a lot of Hispanic people, especially in SoCal, um, that I just think it's widely embraced. But I mean, listen, they're the Trace Amigas. They do their little show. They drink their tequila. And here she is, you know, having her little Taco Tuesday margarita night. You're going to watch it now. You're gonna, it's going to stand I'm out I'm probably going to gonna notice it so much <laughs> more gonna, now that you brought it to my attention. It's going it, to... It, it's just, I've always been like, huh. Huh. I got to go back. I got to do a rewatch from Shannon so I could be more, I could point to specific incidents. But when this happened, I was like, why is she having this party again? Maybe it was a tequila. Maybe she does yeah, have a tequila. I thought it was a, it, was, it had something to do with tequila, but it was just kind of random. Not to Shannon because she has an obsession with the culture. Um, and Emily even tells her, she's like, oh, you're such a great planner because you planned this on National Taco Day. National Taco Day. Taco, yeah, just Emily loves tacos, and she didn't even go. Emily had plans. Emily probably was doing her own event, or at somebody else's event. For you're right, she does, and she probably was celebrating just with other people, her actual friends. Um, did you think the chef was out of line? <laughs> I thought the chef was doing so much when he raised up. He the wanted steaks a moment. He was like the stakes are high, and I was like, sir. Have a seat. He's doing, yeah, he was doing the most. He wanted his little moment on camera. I mean, the stakes are high. The, the whole thing was just, a, and then they're like fighting. He's like, okay, who wants a tequila shot? And he pulls out the water gun to like shoot like actual tequila out of the water gun. I was like, that is like three shots that he just poured into Taylor's mouth. I mean, she's got big lips, but my God, that was a big shot. And uh, you know that burn. I'm a shots girl, and that would have oh, been yeah. rough. To, I mean, she handled because it like you a know champ. those. Those super soakers shoot hard that it was just like, oof. Like, um, yeah, she 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 took that one, that one well. Um, so they all get lit at the party, which I thought was fun to see. And then you have Shannon, who's like, you know what? You guys want to play dirty and not be here and call me out at the last party? It's my turn now. I wish she would have done it if she was going to go there. I wish she would have done that when Gina was actually there. But she didn't. And uh, yeah, mixing names up here. So Shannon talks about Gina's DUI, which we all know that played out on the show. And she basically, which we've also seen Shannon do. Shannon's been a savior. Mentioned the fact that she was a savior to Gina several times, right? Like she had to let everybody know about her good deed, helping Shannon, uh, Gina out when, you know, she had the DUI and she helped her with the attorney and she told her what to do. But she says that Gina's kids would have gone to CPS if it had not been for her. What did you think about Shannon in this moment, uh, getting her hands dirty? <sighs> I mean, I think she was just mad that they were talking about her relationship and she was, you know, 
talking out of her ass at this point because <laughs> I mean, one, she does like to remind everybody that she saved Gina. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, listen, Gina always needed a lot of savings, so it's not like it was that hard of a job for her to do. Uh, but I, I, I see Gina's side in all of this. I'm like, but that is a big statement to say that her kids would have gone to CPS, you know, like it just, I think she overshot her mark there. And I think it was really just because she was upset at them for talking about her relationship and not because, you know, she really, or maybe she really does convince, she did convince herself that she saved Gina. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think she totally believes that had it not been for her, Gina would not be in the place that she's in right now. And listen, there might be some truth to that. She obviously did help Gina in that situation. Gina asked for her help and Gina was grateful for it. But when you're like dangling it over her head constantly, I'd be a little bit annoyed too. Like making yourself holier than thou or like, Gina, how dare you? It's just a savior mentality that she's exhibiting there. Or even just the, um, you know, the the hypocrisy of her saying that the women are making her relationship sound worse than it actually is while over here making Gina's DUI situation a lot bigger than it needs to be. Because at this point, it's done, it's settled, and it's in the past. I also don't think that the women made her relationship sound so bad and toxic as I, I think what makes it look worse is how much she's trying so hard to protect it and to cover it, rather than what the women have actually said about it making it look that bad. Yeah. I mean, I would agree I mean, with we that. know that they outed it in their confessionals, but like... You know, it just, I think her reaction to everything really blew it up more than it needed to be. That's true. That's true. And of course, Jen does what she was exactly supposed to do. And that's run back and tell Gina to to cause even more friction between the relationship between Gina and Shannon. That's what I want to see in a housewife. Jen, Jim seems, Jen also seems impressionable. I mean, it's her first season, so how could you not be in some ways? But like, clearly a producer was like, wasn't that messed up what Shannon said about Gina? Like, you should make sure you go tell Gina because you were there and you don't want Gina to find out that you were there and you, like, and I could see her being like, you're right. Love that. Love love that so much. Jen Um, is clocking in. She's clocking in. We, I do want to point out that when we do see them break the fourth wall, which we're getting a lot of because Shannon has to break the fourth wall. This is Going, I'm going backwards now. Shannon has to break the fourth wall anytime John is mentioned because she doesn't want him to be mentioned. And I do love that they're giving us this. I love even at one point, she's like, you know, like, turn the cameras off for this. Don't record this. And they record it anyway. And I'm like, love that. Thank you for that. Um, but she does admit that, because I feel like things are coming back to her because as the women keep saying, Shannon says things when she's drinking and then forgets that she revealed these things. She does say, his kid doesn't like me. I can't talk about that on camera and this can't be on camera. And as we now saw, it was. It was. And I'm really wondering, because I don't remember, I know you'll know this better than me, if we will see this breakup, breakup between her and John play out on screen. But I would imagine that that contributed to it. I would imagine that Shannon said to him, we talk about all these things on cam- on camera and it's a possibility of my air. I don't think he broke up with her until after camera's wrap. Okay. I think it was like mm-hmm. a couple days after they finished filming that oh, he finally so that broke up purposeful. with her. But it seems, yeah, but it does seem like she's talking to him about, because they both, even at her, her Taco Tuesday or her ta- National Taco Day party for her 
maybe tequila. I feel like they were both like, yeah, we have issues in our relationship, but it's not as bad. Everybody has issues in their relationship, you know? So they, I feel like they've talked about it to an extent. I just don't think he realized somebody at some point has to tip them off um, in order for him to pull the plug on it all together by the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Maybe he wanted to wait until the season wraps so that the breakup didn't become part of the show and they didn't talk about it more because maybe he was afraid that if he broke up with her while they were still in season, maybe then she would out all the things that, you know. Absolutely. And how about Heather revealing to us that, which also makes me, I know you're team Heather and I'm not not team Heather, but it also makes me think that she is loose at the lips because she's telling Shannon, I never said these things, but we saw last time, two weeks ago, that she revealed several of the things and it didn't seem like she was really, her hand was, uh, her arm was being twisted for that. She revealed several of the things that Shannon had said in private. And this episode, she reveals that Shannon said John likes the spotlight. That she thought John was with her because he liked the camera. Wasn't it, was it her? But she it was said Heather, that in, right? She said Yes, but didn't she say that in her confessionals? Yes, but she's still revealing. But those were months later, so she already knows that all of this is coming out. But if so you she's know like, it's coming point, out, don't you want to continue with the narrative that you don't say those things? Like, why are... It doesn't matter. You're still saying No, it. I would be full on, like, Emily and Heather, and I would just sing like a canary. At that point, I'm like, listen, Shannon's already pissed at me. She already thinks that I'm talking about it. It's now being talked about. You know what? Here we go. This, 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 and this. Mm. I don't know. I just thought it was shocking. And to hear her say that about he loves the camera, I was like, well, that's interesting because she says he doesn't like to be filmed, but he has filmed quite a bit. Um, also love the flashback that they gave us of the two of them arguing when Tamara was like, do I think they're going to get married? My gut says no. My gut's always right. See, even Tamara's dragging their relationship in this because I think at that point, at the time that they taped these confessionals, the breakup had probably already happened. So at that point, there's no stakes left. And that's why they're all talking about it so openly. I think had the relationship still been going on, they probably would have been a little more, you know, selective with what they said in their confessionals. Maybe so. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Time will tell. But I love that we're getting like these pieces of information about their relationship. I love that the women are slipping or not slipping, just being out there with their with it, according to, to you know your theory, which I'm just gonna hop on. Um, well, that was that was pretty much OC. We see that things aren't getting better with coming up with Heather and the women, which I'm very excited to watch. Um, also just want to point out, I loved, I really, really am liking Emily this season. And I really loved seeing the work that she's doing with the Innocence Project and then bringing light to what's going on. And then the other note, I think Heather and Terry's new apartment penthouse is ugly. Two bedrooms. We didn't really see much of it. 5,300 square feet, and there are only two bedrooms. There seems like a lot of wasted space. I mean, I know they don't have- Three and a half bathrooms. I don't know why you need three and a half bathrooms. Like, I, I, it just seems, I, I know your kids have gone off, but it seems like this is a place to entertain. Yes, you know, they're about to be empty nesters. The other kids are about to leave, but 5,300 square feet, that's huge, especially for a penthouse. And you have two bedrooms? Where is the rest of the house? And just, yeah, okay. Yeah, what is the rest of the house? What is yeah. the rest of the house? And yes, we know it's um, Roberto Cavalli, but like, I thought, 
I'm not even kidding. Before she said Roberto, Roberto Cavalli, I thought, oh, this is going to be a fixer-upper when we first saw it. Like the floors, I thought that they would have had them redone. I, I was like, oh, that's it. Oh. Yeah, 52,000 <laughs> square feet is kind of a lot. 5,200. Because like, even if it is, because, oh, 5,200, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, 52,000. That was the first house. Um, 5,200, <laughs> like it's st- <laughs> it's still like, a lot of like, even if you're going to entertain, you really just need like one or possibly two like areas that are kind of open that you can entertain in. I just I don't understand why they even needed this because she was more of just like, oh, you know, if we're in the city and we kind of need to freshen up, we'll pop in there, freshen up, and then go back to OC. And I was just like, I just I don't understand. It just feels a little too, you know, uber excessive. Um, and I like her her like over the top affluence, but this just felt a little unnecessary. And normally I love everything Heather does. It just pales in comparison to like the fact that we watched you for years build this huge house. And then, yeah, and that was a different style to me than what we saw in this house. And to her, the allure seemed to be the location and the fact that it was Roberto Cavalli and all the furniture came in from Italy and some from Spain. And Nikki didn't seem that overwhelmed either. It was a little, I was a little underwhelmed. My thing too is, they're making it seem like this all just happened so abruptly and unexpectedly. But, like, getting all of the furniture in from Italy, like, that takes time and planning and furnishing. Like, all of it, was it, it, it wasn't furnished when they bought it. Didn't I'd have she to go help back, design it? I'd have to go back and watch Selling Sunset because you see them. Heather, uh, what's Heather's last name? The other Heather on Selling Sunset and Tariq sell this to them. They're not on it, but she says my clients, the DeBros. I don't think, I can't remember what it looked like when she said that. Because I felt like, I don't know, it just, I'm like, this looked like it wasn't like a whim decision. Like we were planning this and they're making it seem like, oh, we just decided to sell our house and then we just bought another one and we bought a penthouse in LA. No, it was intentional. It's because when she gets these calls that she has to show up at the last minute. From who, Taylor? (laughs) And that's coming like, from who's Heather calling Stan. her, wanting her to act. I'm, I'm so Have you not su- seen her IMDb? I am so supportive of Heather and like that she wants to like get her career back. But when you're throwing it in our face in that way, it's like, well, we had to get this penthouse because when I get these last minute calls, I, when I'm in Orange County, I can't say I'm available. But if I'm here in LA, I can just run over as if, and that's like almost like not even how it works. It's, You don't just like, hey, we need you on the set right now for Days of Our Lives. It's like, you would have time to get there from the OC. It's, I don't know. It's just, it's, (laughs) they would be like, we we have this role if you're interested in it. I just, it's like, I know you want that old old thing back, but like, we bought this $14 million mansion because of all the callback. Like, it just, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. <laughs> yeah, there are no callbacks. There are no auditions. You very rarely get an audition call in on the spot. And even now, I feel like a lot of casting happens virtually, you know, like via Zoom and whatnot. And like OC is like at best an hour and a half, maybe two hours with bad traffic. Like you can get to and from in a good 45 minutes at the right yeah, time. Yeah, no, completely agree. Well, that's OC. That's a wrap for us. Um, you guys, hope you enjoyed these recaps, news of the week. We'll be back. I'm glad we got to talk about OC. We missed it. We'll be back next week um, doing it all over again. Same time, same place. You guys have a great weekend. Bye. 
This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 